Hey, it's Melissa Rivers, and welcome to Group Text. Stay tuned for a new episode. Everyone, welcome to Group Text. June 4th is National Gun Violence Awareness Day. I mean, gun violence has reached epidemic proportions in our society. So it seems like a good time to actually do a deeper dive into the discussion of it. Sabrina and I are happy to welcome Shannon Watts, the head of Moms Demand Action. Explain to us, first of all, what is Moms Demand Action? Uh, Moms Demand Action is a uh, nonprofit organization. We are uh, bipartisan, nonpartisan. We're working on the issue of gun violence in this country by passing stronger laws, um, by changing election outcomes, by changing the culture of gun violence in this country, educating people about responsible gun storage, Um, making sure that people who are influencers and athletes and artists are involved on the right side of this issue. And really, it's been eight and a half years now of of working on this issue, like drips on a rock, attending every gun bill hearing, creating relationships with lawmakers on both sides of the aisle, um, going through school boards and boardrooms and city councils, and, and of course, the Capitol, to change uh, the country's culture of gun violence. And, and what I want people to take away today is the fact that, that we are winning. So let's just rewind a tiny bit. How did you become an advocate about gun vi- with gun violence? I was a stay-at-home mom in a, a suburb of Indiana when the horrific shooting at Sandy Hook School happened at the end of 2012. And I just knew that our nation was broken. I knew our lawmakers wouldn't do anything in the aftermath of that tragedy. So I started a Facebook page thinking, let's have an online conversation about the need for an organization like Mothers Against Drunk Driving in this country that that fights for gun safety. And if you know anything about type A women, which I'm sure you do. (laughs) No, not uh, at all. (laughs) immediately women all across the country were emailing and texting and calling and and sending letters even to my house saying, I want to do this where I live. And here we are now, eight and a half years later, we're the largest gun violence prevention organization in the country. One of the largest grassroots movements full stop. Um, And, and we've been working on this issue now for, for nearly a a decade. It's fascinating because you know, everyone always says, well, how can I get involved? How can I help? To actually start a grassroots movement takes time and energy and dedication. Yes. So I'm a full-time volunteer. Uh, I thought I was going to go back into the workforce and I ended up uh, founding Moms Demand Action. It is an honor to wake up and do this work every day, side by side with hundreds of thousands of volunteers across the country. But yeah, you know, those first few years, it was very much like drinking from a fire hose, uh, learning everything I needed to know about the issue and organizing and the legislative process. Um, But thankfully, you know, we have so many brilliant volunteers and we're not just moms now, we're mothers and others uh, who bring their own skill sets to the table and who have really helped to make us successful. So you address sort of everything having to do with gun violence 
from background checks, proper gun storage. One of the things I, I haven't really seen, which I guess makes you bipartisan or nonpartisan, is you're not bucking up against the Second Amendment. You're saying basically we need stronger regulations. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Everything we do as an organization is based in data and research. So we fight for policies that are proven in the states where they've been passed to save lives. Laws that we know at a federal level would make us even safer because we're all only as safe as the closest state with the weakest gun laws right now. Right. Um, and, and so, yes, you're right. Uh, we are not against the Second Amendment. We're not anti-gun. We're anti-gun violence. Many of our volunteers are gun owners or their partners are gun owners. There's 400 million guns in America. Uh, but there are also other peer nations that have high rates of gun ownership but low rates of gun violence. In America, we are 25 times more likely to be uh, shot and killed through gun homicide than any other peer nation. Why do you think that is? It's funny, Shannon and I were just talking about that right before, like we were having a little sidebar, but Shannon continues. Yeah, yeah. No, we know why we have higher rates of, of gun homicide, gun suicide, domestic gun violence, unintentional shootings, we know. And, and it's because Americans have such easy access to guns, right? If more guns and fewer gun laws made us safer, we'd be the safest country in the world. But we're not. We have incredibly high rates of gun death. And again, that's because, you know, we make arsenals and ammunition available uh, to even people who are a risk to themselves or others. You know, that's what always shocks me. You know, Robin Williams used to have this great joke was, if you can't wait five days for a gun you probably shouldn't have it, you know? And I always thought that was incredibly logical. You know, right. if you need a gun that quickly, you know, maybe you need to take a deep breath beforehand. I mean, the statistics truly are staggering that 100 Americans are shot and killed every day, and yet we don't even count the ones that are just simply wounded. I Hundreds mean, that's, more wounded. Yeah, that's insane. I mean... There was a story on your on your website uh, from Maine about a two year old boy getting a hold of a gun, obviously, and shooting accidentally both of his parents and him. Yes, and then the the recoil hit him in the head, so they all three went to the hospital. That and how do you explain that when you get there? Exactly. I mean, you know, it, it's so tragic that we again easy access to guns, right? In America, people feel as though they can just leave a loaded gun on their nightstand, which is what it sounds like happened in this case in Maine. And yet laws really don't hold gun owners accountable in most states for securely storing their firearm. We know that what keeps kids and teens safe, not just from unintentionally shooting themselves or others, but from gun suicide or even mass shootings at schools, right? Most school shooters are actually students who have easy access to guns in their homes. The best way to prevent those tragedies is to store your guns locked, unloaded, and separate from ammunition, and to make sure when you send your kids to friends or families' homes that you're asking, are they gun owners and how are those guns stored? And we have um, besmartforkids.org is the website where you can learn more information about that. I think you are spot on, Shannon. I think that there has to be greater awareness for gun safety. Um, Melissa knows this about me, but most people don't. When I was in college, I was a 
gun gun instructor. I was an NRA certified gun instructor. Wow. And one of the reasons that firearms instructors, we would say, one of the reasons why I got involved, I was always so afraid. But at that time, I worked at a firing range and I would see people who came in that didn't know how to properly use their guns or store them. And so that's how I got involved in just like really teaching people how to use them and then the safety of storing because accidents like this two-year-old, you know, they happen because, you know, people just don't think and it's dangerous. It's life-threatening and it's, it's very, you can be very careless at, you know, a casualty, you know, it's just, it's, it's so much needed in terms of like the gun safety because people are going to own them. Well, Sabrina, you you know this better than anyone probably, which is, you know, the NRA used to be a gun safety organization. They used to be committed to training and to um, supporting, you know, people who were hunters or fishermen, uh, I guess fisherwomen too. But then Fisher they people. Fisher people. They, they changed as an organization Why? over the last decade. Why? Well, a few reasons. One is, and, and they just had this bankruptcy trial. They were laughed out of court. It is so clear that they have become a corrupt special interest. They are no longer an organization for their members. They are a lobbying organization meant to line the pockets of gun manufacturers. Um, in addition, every state has its own version of the NRA. And in most cases, those state organizations are to the right of the NRA. In fact, they believe any law whatsoever is an infringement on the Second Amendment. So just like the Tea Party pulled Republicans to the right, these gun groups, these state gun groups are pulling the NRA to the right. And there was a really important choice the NRA had to make after the Sandy Hook school shooting tragedy, which was, you know, do we back down? In other words, do we moderate and come to the middle and support something 90% of Americans want, which is a background check on every gun sale? Or do we double down? And do we become even more extreme and part of really the Republican Party? And that's what they ended up doing. That's exactly what they ended up doing. What I find it shocking is how when, like you said, most Americans have no problem with gun safety laws and proper storage and background checks, yet we cannot get the politicians to represent our wishes. How do we, I mean, like you're saying with the, with the NRA, how do we break that logjam? I mean, I remember, you know, being, I don't know, really young and going to a friend's house. This is way back in the mid seventies. And we were jumping on her parents' bed and she said, we were probably in fifth grade. I mean, maybe. And say, hold on. And had to pull her dad's gun out from under the bed, under the mattress, loaded, so it wouldn't go off while we were jumping on the bed. I mean, wow. I feel like we... I, I hear so many stories like that. It's so terrifying. You know, and, and you know, I, I think we've all become much more educated about it. But why do we have so much more gun violence than anybody else? Is it easy access? Absolutely. The fact that... that uh, we have 400 million guns in this country and so few gun laws. And, and and then on top of that, this special interest, this corrupt special interest that has worked to strip all the responsibilities away from gun rights um, is why we have this devastating uh, crisis of gun violence. On top of that, you know, during the COVID epidemic, really gun violence has become um, an epidemic within a pandemic. 
Yes. Because we know that people who were isolated and struggling with suicidal ideation had easy access to guns. Women who were alone and isolated with their abusers who had easy access to guns. Um, again, children and teens had easy access to guns. And now we're seeing these huge spikes in city gun violence all across the country because the gun violence interruption and intervention programs that, that typically are so successful because they have relationships in the community and they can intervene before gun violence happens, they haven't been able to get out into the community. And so we are seeing the spike uh, in gun violence all across the country. And, and this is why, you know, we really do need our lawmakers to act. How many chapters do you have? I mean, I know that you have, what, over 6 million supporters? We do. We're actually larger than the NRA. That's pretty amazing. But And that, to me, is so counterintuitive in the fact that we still can't get proper background checks passed. Well, it, it's a, it, it's... It's an important point because I think people are waiting for this cathartic moment in Congress, right? And I get that. But but it's important to remember that so much has happened at the state level. We have now passed background checks in 21 states. We've passed something called a red flag law in, mm-hmm. in 19 states. It allows people to go to a judge to get a temporary restraining order that disarms someone who is a risk to themselves or others. Um, we've closed something called the Charleston loophole, which allows licensed dealers to sell a gun without a background check if it hasn't cleared in three days. We've done that now in 19 states. We've passed laws that disarm domestic abusers in 29 states. Over a million families have received our secure storage information all across the country. And, and it's important to remember we have a 90% track record of stopping the NRA's agenda year after year in state houses. Uh, for the past five years. So that's all work that never would have happened if Moms Demand Action hadn't been created. Um, and, and I think what we, what we know about activism in this country on all social issues is that you have to build momentum on the ground that eventually points the right president and the right Congress in the right direction. And I'm very hopeful that this is that president and that Congress. I mean, we really don't see this kind of gun violence in any other country. Do you think it's, I mean, it, it always feels so, I, I, there's so much hypocrisy where there'll be some sort of a shooting or a mass shooting of some sort and all the politicians come out and say, oh, gun violence, you know, and then they do nothing. Yeah, I feel like we've become numb to a, to a degree because we see it so often and and then it dissipates. Yeah. You know, it just, it's horrible. I, I, I agree with you. I, I don't really know that Americans are numb. I mean, our organization is just growing so much and it grows often when schools start because moms send their kids to kindergarten and they have to essentially rehearse their deaths in the bathroom of their classroom as though, you know, that door is going to protect them from the spray of an AR-15. But I do think that that lawmakers want it to go away because, so many of them don't want to address this issue. And I do think media runs out of ways to cover something that just happens so many times every day. Um, and, and now we're at a point where there has to almost be this certain number of, of people killed in order for it to make the headlines. But we know that the vast majority of gun violence, 99% of gun violence in this country is everyday gun violence, gun suicides, gun homicides that, that never make the news. You know, one of the things you touched on was uh, domestic abuse. And one of the, I hate to use the word argument, but arguments that the NRA 
always pulls out is, well, what if someone wants to protect themselves? What if a woman doesn't have time to wait for a background check? And you, you, I mean, you can sort of put the pieces together that if someone is truly being threatened, you might need immediate access. I mean, how, how often do you think that holds true? Because that always is, that's always their sort of rebuttal. It's a weak one. It's very it weak. It's very but it's weak. The, but it seems to be the one they always use. And, and that's the rebuttal because if you arm both bad guys and good guys, as if we know who those are, right, at any given moment, but if you arm everyone, then who makes money? Gun manufacturers. Right. So that is a very profitable argument for them. But when you look at the data, gun use in defensive situations is very rare compared to the amount of gun use uh, aggressively to to kill people in this country. Um, gun violence, again, if, if more guns and fewer gun laws made us safer, we would be the safest country in the world. You would hear about shooting stopped all the time. We know that when a woman is in a domestic abuse situation and that abuser has access to a gun, she is five times more likely to be shot and killed. Most definitely. And women in America are 21 one more times more likely to be shot and killed than in any other peer nation. So, you know, Nicholas Kristof, who's a, an op-ed writer for the mm-hmm. New York Times, has this saying, which is, in other countries, brutish husbands put their wives in the hospital. In America, they put them in graves. And that's because gun violence is so lethal. How, I mean, it's just so, there's so much to unpack. It, what do you hope Gun Violence Awareness Day is going to do? Tell me a little bit about that. Like, I know we're supposed to wear orange. Yep. Yep. So it, it originated in 2015. And if you remember, uh, there was a, a, a girl, Hydea Pendleton. Um, she was shot and killed in Chicago. Uh, and that her friends after her death organized and, and they decided to wear the color orange, which is the color hunters wear to say, don't yeah. shoot me. Um, and, and so it was her 18th birthday in 2015 when these teens in Chicago um, created Wear Orange. And now it has become an annual event. And it is just really important to um, honor the lives of people in America who's, who have been impacted by gun violence, elevate the voices of those who are demanding an, an end to gun violence, in particular gun violence survivors, and, and really in a, in a nonpartisan way to call for an end to this crisis. Do you find that um, more of this generation is becoming more involved with advocating for gun awareness? You know, I can remember, and, and you all probably remember this too, you know, when I was in school, we hid under our desks because we were afraid of the Cold War, right? These were the drills that we had. Our kids are growing up having lockdown drills and they're angry because this is completely senseless and preventable gun violence. So instead of doing what they should, doing their jobs, lawmakers are asking our kids to run, hide and fight with gunmen. Um, And so I do think this generation is really, really angry and outraged and they should be. Uh, we have Students Demand Action as part of our organization. They're, they're the largest student-run gun violence prevention organization in the country. And they are high school and college-age students who 
have really just done such an amazing job, particularly doing, during COVID when they had so much extra time on their hands and they were unexpectedly at home from school. You know, they registered over 100,000 new voters, just students demand action alone. Um, and, and, and their activism is so much different than our generation's activism, right? They, they know how to use social media platforms that, that I'm not even on. Um, and I just think, I think it's really important um, that they're involved and that they're part of the process. You know, it, it is. It, I remember, you know, just the horror of Sandy Hook because I had a son a little bit older than those those children at that point. And um, I remember Columbine and I remember all of that. And I think it it's just so sad that, you know, our kids have to do that when growing up in LA, you know, we had fire drills and earthquake drills. Yeah. We our, didn't... Ki- our kids now have to go through metal detectors, you know, to get into a classroom who would ever, you know, have ever thought that we would see the day where a teacher's like, you know, terrified to be in a classroom with children, you know, in fear of, you know, this gun violence. It's so prevalent. And right. Kids, kids bringing guns to school again, that they have easy access to in their homes or their communities. Uh, I was talking to someone in San Francisco who said their kid actually goes through more gun lockdown drills than they do earthquake drills in San Francisco. Oh wow! Yeah, and that's not a good that's not a good ratio. No, not you, at all. And you're talking about the next generation, everything that they're doing. Um, it, it, it reminded me of the young man from uh, that got screamed at by Marjorie Taylor Greene in the David Hogg. David Hogg. I just can't get my head around, and I don't know if you have an answer for this, why people don't get it, especially with a group like yours where you're saying, we're not trying to take away your guns. We're just trying to make you safe. Well, the the NRA has always, and, and it's become even more heightened in the last decade, but the NRA's rhetoric, if you can remember all the way back really to the Oklahoma bombing, has been that that the government wants to take your guns away. And, and the important point in the Second Amendment, according to the NRA, is that you have guns to protect yourself from a tyrannical government, right? Apparently they haven't heard of drones, but that's okay. <laughs> um, the, the, the rhetoric has been so lodged in, I think, the, the extremists, right? Especially gun extremists in this country. And it's this thread of... Things that you love will be taken away from you by the other side. And that runs all through QAnon, which is what Marjorie Taylor Greene is part of. Um, it runs through extremism, the people we saw at the Capitol on January right. 6th. And it certainly runs through gun extremists too, right? That thing that you love that's going to be taken away from you is your freedom. And ultimately, a gun is somehow the symbol of that. Right. I mean, I always think about the fact, and I have friends who hunt. You know, I personally do not hunt. I do, you know, when when we go to Wyoming every year on vacation, we definitely, we trap shoot, we target shoot with an instructor. I mean, very, very safe. I've always felt that it was very important for my son to understand gun safety and handle a gun, especially because that is something that we we enjoy doing is the trap shooting. Um, And I always had this feeling, and I've talked to these guys who, you know, our instructors and this and that and the other, especially where in Wyoming, and they all feel the same way, which is 
you don't need an hunting with an assault rifle is not hunting. You know, most gun it's owners a little, agree with you. It's a little you extra. Know, it's extra. It's a, <laughs> I mean, it's a little overkill, and they say, "Oh, but I eat the meat." Not when it's filled with lead. You I, know, I, a lot of that is ego driven too. I mean, I used to see it all the time. You know, with you know the shooters that would come into the firing range. A lot of that's ego driven. You know, they have this perception, or they want to be a cowboy, or whatever the deal is. You have to factor in. You know, when is it too much? And it's like, what is your what is your real purpose? Um, I just don't get it. I, I never got it. You know, and, and the whole thing, like nobody needs an assault rifle. You know, it, it, again, the, the NRA has marketed these guns and, and certain guns are more profitable for gun manufacturers than others, depending on market saturation. Um, you know, the NRA had these ads, the gun manufacturers had these ads that, that, said, um, consider your man card reissued. And it was a picture of an AR-15. So the other issue that we grapple with this in, in this country are, are really both gun extremes, extremism mixed with toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Every nation is home to disgruntled people, um, uh, angry people, misogynists, racists, bigots, and on and on. Only America gives them easy access to arsenals and ammunition. How do we, I mean, you're saying like the younger generation is is angry. I do think we all have to sort of accept the fact that guns are not going away in our country. How no. important is it to educate? And I, I, I once did a, a women's shoot, you know, safe, gun safety class for us to actually teach our children and our young people how to use a gun safely, make sure it isn't turned on you, how to deal with it, and how to how to make it safe. Because they're not going away. No, they're not going away. And 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 you have to admit, you know, certain parts of our culture glorify, you know, owning, you know, a, a firearm. You know, it's it's almost like a badge of honor to some degree. And so it's like, how do you, it's like you're constantly combating that as well. You're saying, hi, let's do this. Let's be nice. And let's, and in the meantime, you've got the gun violence that's promoted in a video, in music. You know, it's, it's a lot. In so magazines. You, you, in and- magazines, you're trying to find that balance and you, you almost feel like you're fighting an uphill battle sometimes. Well, again, it's important to remember that 90% of Americans support background checks on every gun sale, 89% of gun owners, 87% of Republicans, right? The only place this is polarizing right now is in the U.S. Senate. If people have background checks and training and a a permit, there shouldn't be an issue as long as that bar is high for training, right? That just seems like a a no-brainer. But what the gun lobby has done is to go into states and, and strip permitting requirements. Right now in Texas, they're doing that, where they're trying to eliminate permitting. And that means no training, no background checks to carry a hidden loaded handgun in public. Um, and that's why we're seeing things like road rage with guns just really explode in this country. So we know looser gun laws, unfortunately, leads to more gun deaths, more gun injuries. And in terms of kids, you know, our, our belief is that the onus is always on adults to keep kids safe from guns. Um, hunting, you know, that that's sort of a, a family pastime in this country. As long as kids are 
um, overseen by adult supervision and uh, those adults have training and background checks, et cetera. That, that's not the issue. The issue is when we expect that we're going to give gun safety training to kids and that that somehow is going to keep them safe because studies show that if you leave kids alone with guns, they're very likely to play with them, even if they've had that training, especially boys. And so, you know, it's it's almost like saying, don't touch the stove, leaning the leaving the burner on and then leaving the room. We don't do that, right? The same with guns. The onus is always on adults to keep kids safe from guns. And, and the best way to do that is to securely store your firearms. So how can we get involved? How can we get involved in National Gun Violence Awareness Day? How do we... You know, and what I'm finding fascinating is you're not saying take away the guns. You're saying no. be safe. Yes. You yes. know, be which, responsible. Be responsible. There is, by the way, like I said, there is no reason that anyone should have a gun permit unless you are fully trained. You should have to re, just like your driver's license, you should have to renew it every so often. I mean, but it, you know, it's, Melissa, I hear you saying that, but at the end of the day, if you have celebrity, if you have influence, all that stuff goes right out the window because I've seen it happen. I've seen yeah. people just written and given gun permits by chief of police. And it's just like, you know, they just do it. So I, I do feel like we need to have stricter uh laws and accountability by our communities, whether it's these chapters, you know, like with Shannon, you know, we, we have to be more active. We can't be as passive and just think that someone else is going to do all the work. We've got to roll up our sleeves. Yeah. I just flashed on that, that picture of Nixon and Elvis giving Elvis an honorary DEA badge, (laughs) (laughs) you know, not such a good idea. How do we get involved? What do we do? How can we help? How do we get the word out? So, uh, first of all, if you want to get involved in Wear Orange events, uh, Moms to Man Action and Students to Man Action will host local community uh, events with partners, um, direct fundraising, um, all kinds of different things that weekend. And so you can go to momstomanaction.org and find out more about Wear Orange and what you can do where you live. And then to get involved in Moms to Man Action, and again, uh, we're mothers and others, we're not just moms, we're not just women anymore, you can text the word READY to 64433, and we will immediately reach out to you and plug you in where you live. It has been so important talking to you. Anytime you would like to get your message out, you are welcome here. Thank you. This is your platform. This is your, (laughs) consider this one of your platforms. You know, I think... On so many, this is this is really important work, not just to protect ourselves, but to protect the next generation. Agree. Thank you both so much. Thank you. 